Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Thank you for joining in our mission to bring the love of Jesus to the Sault Ste. Marie area and beyond. We hope that as you join us for this week's message, that Pastor Noah's words guide you to living the elevated life God calls each and every one of us to. So I'm pumped for a number of reasons. The first is that God's in this place. The second is that you're here today, starting your new year. And the third is I'm ready to step in. I'm excited to step into what God has for us in the future. I am so excited about that as we are looking forward to what's ahead. See, God is so good, and I believe that in these next steps, in these next transitions, he's actually brought you here for a specific reason, at a strategic point in which you're going through a transition. We are going through a transition as a church in which we are going to be seeing new growth, new development, and new transformation in Jesus' name. And more importantly, that you get to play a part. And I'm talking bigger faith. I'm talking more passion. I'm talking more impact. This is the vision. This is the vision. So each year I like to end with appreciation of the past and anticipation of the future. Hence the questions. Looking back at what was and looking forward to what is. What is to come. And I'm believing that as a church that as we take steps in the right direction, we'll be seeing with 2020 vision. We'll be seeing with God's spiritual clarity. Again, it's God's clarity. It's not our clarity. It's God portraying uh, to us what we need to see. This is the message I'm hoping to instill within you today. This vision, I hope, is renewal, is renewing, it's rejuvenating as you become more like Christ. Someone say 2020 vision. 2020 vision. See, this is important to understand because we are a movement. We are on the move. And if we don't know where we're going, if we can't really see what we're, what we're aiming at, it's like a target. But if that target is blurry, you're never, ever going to hit bullseye. If I don't have my glasses on and I'm not seeing clearly, I'm probably not going to hit the mark 10 times out of 10. I am blind without my glasses on. But that's how we can kind of walk through life. When we don't have the spirits leading us. When we don't have the Holy Spirit leading us. This past Christmas, I had the opportunity to go home to London, which was amazing. Uh, And on the flight, one of the flights there, uh, the pilot went on the intercom and was like, hey, everyone, just letting you know that the first part of this flight will be bumpy. You will experience turbulence. And I remember looking around, and people were like, oh, no. Like, people get visibly disturbed when the the pilot says that. And so I buckled in right away. I was like, "Mm," getting ready to go because I was getting prepared for the turbulence. And so once we made our ascent, it was getting rocky. It was getting very rocky. And I could look around, I see people were kind of disturbed in their faces. And honestly, it went on for quite a bit of time. I didn't know when it was going to end. A lot of people did not know when it was going to end. It felt like it was going to take a long time. And I feel like that might have been 2019 for a lot of people. Turbulence. Lots of cloudy skies. You know, you started your workout plan, but your knee bugged out two weeks in. Maybe you were saving up for something, you were investing in your future, but then your car broke down. These are small cases, but I know there's much more severe in this room where things happen. A lot of people experience loss, experience trauma, experience a lot of difficulties in 2019. They experience turbulence. 
And wherever you looked, that's where you saw. That's what you saw. But see, when the pilot went on the intercom, he knew that, yes, we would experience turbulence, but he's also, he's also flown hundreds of times before. Before, sorry. Before. <laughs> and he knew that after that cloudy turbulence, we would pierce through the clouds, and there would be clear skies. There would be smooth sailing. But you just had to trust that he would get you through. And I feel like that's what God's trying to sell us today. That 2019 might have been difficult. You might have gone through a lot of turbulence. But if, if you trust in him, you'll see. If you believe in him, you'll see. If you follow him, you'll see. That you will break free, break through those clouds of turbulence. See, breakthrough is available. Restoration is available. Hope is available. Reconciliation is available. You just got to trust. You just got to see it. Because if you don't see it, you're never going to aim for it. But this is God's word. This is God's truth. And this needs to be in our hearts every single day. I want to start this year off with thinking greater things. Greater things. Bigger things. Bigger accomplishments. But also in this new year, I'm hoping that we understand that it's the spirit who gives this spiritual clarity. It is walking in tune with the spirit that gives this spiritual clarity. Resolutions can be amazing for personal growth. You do start a workout plan. You do start eating healthy. You start to plan and organize your time more efficiently. I am so bad with time management. I'm just put that out there. I need to work on that. So that is our New Year's resolution. And New Year's resolutions are good. They are healthy for personal development. But here is a yearly reminder. But here is a yearly reminder for... I'm going everywhere. So here's a yearly reminder for everyone here today. And for myself, there is no resolution that if kept will make you more worthy of love. There is no resolution that if kept will make you more worthy of love. You as your actual self and not some made up ideal are already worthy. You're already enough. And, and that's something to, to believe in your spirit. But I got a question for you. Because this is a question I ask myself. How many people want to be in the same place they are next year? Nobody does. You want to move forward. You want to become. You want to you actually develop yourself. How many people want to go beyond where they are next year? That's the question. I'm believing that God will help us see where we need to go and what we need to do as a church and in our personal lives. I'm believing God wants to lead us beyond. This is his desire for us. His desire for every single one of you. Why is vision important? Well, Proverbs 29, 18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me unpack this. When people don't know where they're going, they won't care. That's why a lot of churches are dying today. Because people don't see the vision of that church. And we as a church and as individuals truly need to see with clarity the vision that God wants for us. See, and on a side note, as new leadership comes into play, I pray that we come behind him. 
and his vision for this church. That we allow him to, to, to invoke his, his fresh perspective in our lives. That he, that he develops a fresh vision for our church and we get behind him and what, what God has placed on his heart. And he's going to reveal where we're going, how we're going to get there, and how you can play a part in that. Where there's no vision, the people perish. I was talking to my aviation uh, roommate uh, about the flight, and he goes, oh, man, yeah, sometimes even, he goes, sometimes even when, when it is really cloudy and it takes a long time to get out of those clouds, pilots can, can um, experience spatial disorientation. Spatial disorientation. They, be, they can become so disoriented that, that, that they end up not knowing up from down and right to left. It, it can be, they don't see a horizon, they don't see a point of, of, of a direction, so they lose all sense of it, all sense of direction. And so when you're going through those difficult times, that can be our mindset, where we begin to feel, we, we begin to trust in our gut feeling. This doesn't feel right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go right. But who knows, that could take you off course, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, I'm going to pull up, but who knows if you're going down. You become disoriented. And this is when we trust in our feelings. Because it's a gut feeling. And the pilot actually has to choose in some specific moments. Because he, has, he might have a, a, a lot of people on board. Okay, am I going to trust in my gut feeling or, gonna, or am I going to trust in the system right in front of me? It's telling me I'm going straight, so I'm going to believe I'm going straight. I, I, I don't think I'm going down. I think I'm going straight. And I feel like this is important for us because... We go through these cloudy moments, and we need to trust in God's system, not our own. Because if we don't, we could think we're going up, but we're actually going straight down. Because we don't know. So spatial disorientation was such a, a cool truth to reveal that we need to trust in God's truth, not our own. So the sermon today is actually going to focus on um, Acts Nine. So I'm actually going to read it. I don't know if you can read that. Uh, and it's the story of Paul, his incredible transformation. So I'm going to let you open up Acts 9, if you have your Bibles today. If you take notes, God loves you. If you have your Bible, God loves you a little bit more. <laughs> All right, so meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in, a, in Damascus. So that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? He asked. I am Jesus, whom you persecuted. He replied, now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tarsus, named Saul, for he is praying. 
In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, he answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to their kings, and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. <laughs> All right, so past vision. I wanted to start with past vision. How you see, how you perceive your past. See, I want to clarify a bit about Paul. Paul was a Pharisee at the time. And he was actually, if you look at the life of Paul before Christ, he, he actually characterized the Pharisaic movement, which strongly believed in traditions, in doing things in proper order, in washing your hands, in being clean on the outside, and going through the motions. It was law over love. You had to maintain your appearance in front of people. You were set apart and had no part with other people that weren't a part of your group or religion. He accepted these traditions as just as important as biblical truth. And as for tradition, he was, he even boasts about, or he even talks about it in one of his letters. He says, if anybody has to boast, it's me. I'm of Israel of the tribe of, of, of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I've studied from a young age. I know my Bible like the back of my hand. I've rehearsed this. I've lived this out. I've followed every tradition from a young age. And he was zealous for the law. But see, that blinded him. Because what we find is that he was seeking to persecute people of the way. Acts 9, 1-2 reveals this truth. He was openly breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, openly showcasing he was zealous of the, of the Jewish law and that those who disobeyed were, disobeyed were deserving of death. And this just, one thing, he, he's walking, for me, he's walking on the road to Damascus and he's whispering, he's whispering threats of murder. And this just, just to me tells me, it's like, what are you walking into 29, or 2020 with talking to yourself about? What are you saying to yourself as you walk into this new year? Are you preaching the uh, good things over your life? Are you envisioning what God has for you? Or are you stuck in 2019? Stuck in the turbulence? What are you speaking out? Is it life or death? Is it beauty or is it ugliness? Is it truth or is it lies? What are you speaking to yourself, and what are you speaking out? What we see in this time is that Paul was stuck in his traditions, and that was where his heart was, which blinded him from the truth of God, from the truth of Jesus. And what we tend to do, like the Pharisees, is like we like to put on an appearance. Jesus said, they're like whitewashed tombs, clean on the outside, but on the inside, dying. 
And even more so, the, the fair, there was always these, these um, experiences that Jesus went through when he, when he uh, encountered fa- uh, the Pharisees. They would always try to step to him. And I remember one time they're talking about washing his hands. The disciples didn't wash their hands. And Jesus goes, it's not that which goes into a person that defiles them, but it's what comes out. A.K.A. you look clean on the outside, but your, your heart inside is dead. It's not alive. That's more important to me than getting your hands washed and clean. It's inside, internally. Are you, are you looking to me? Is your heart clean? Is it seeking me? And we know that fixing things on the outside doesn't create sustainable change. It's a transformative spiritual reconciliation with Jesus. I believe that so strongly today. So let's see with spiritual clarity today. Because there comes a time where we need to be knocked off our high horse. Our high horse. (laughs) Paul was knocked off his horse onto his butt, and received this vision from God. (laughs) And this is important because we need to truly encounter Jesus today as we head into this new year. He's going to set our eyes on the right path. And regardless of, of, of whether it's one time, I personally think it's a daily thing where we are experiencing Jesus daily because Paul, was, though it was one time, had to go through a daily encounter with Jesus in order to continue to see what God had for him. And God wants to know what's more important. Is it the tradition or is it the truth? Is it the traditions or is it the truth? Is it the traditions of men or the truth of God? It's time for us to make a decision today. A choice. Are we going to spend this whole year living out a tradition or living out of truth? And I challenge, you, I challenge you to perceive this with clarity. It's so easy to live with an invisible belief system that dictates our life, that's, that allows us to think negative things about ourselves, that points us in the wrong direction. It's so easy to believe those things when we don't question them. An unquestioned belief system is a dangerous thing. So what is our attention going to go to this year? Here's an example. People would rather argue about things they don't agree about than things, or and then work together on things that they do agree about. Here's another one. Sometimes in my life, ways of thinking have been passed down, not necessarily by my parents, but by the culture I live in. And I choose to accept these things without even questioning them. And that's very dangerous. Because it, it, makes me, it makes me question now. It's like, where did this come from? That's a question that I want to ask. Where did this come from? Is this really from God? Here, this is an excellent question to start off your year. Where did this come from? What is the source of this thinking? Of this ideal? Of this value? Sometimes we are living in scripts that we haven't even, even identified the author of. To wonder, why do I think it has to be done this way? Why do I assume this is all I can be? Why have I told myself the story that everyone in my family has gone down this path and so that I'm going to have to go down this path because it's a generational curse? Why have I believed that up to this point it hasn't changed so it never will? 
But this is the year to see it. This is the year to see it. To see that breakthrough is possible. That healing is possible. To see that joy is possible. To see that there is a peace in present times of, of craziness, of restlessness. That, to see that God does have a beautiful plan for your life. Do you not see it today? Do you not perceive it? This is the sight that only the Spirit of God can give. The next thing is the present vision. Or I like to see as the, as the people vision. People. We're always in relationship with others. With God and with others. And so right away, my mind goes to the posture of Ananias. Ananias is randomly introduced in the story. And it says, basically he was already in communion with God. And God just spoke to him. This tells me that Ananias was in a posture of availability. This is a way to start your new year. Ananias was ready. He was present. He was waiting upon God. Waiting to hear from God. In constant communication with God. And he was in a posture of readiness. In the Bible it said the Lord called to, called to him and Ananias answered. Right away. Right away he answered. This is the way to start your year. With arms wide open. Ready to receive from Jesus. God said, go. For he is an instrument, that is Paul, whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles, which is the rest of the world, before kings, the rulers, and my chosen people. And even the people I've led this entire time. I'm going to make this man speak to them and change their mind. And Ananias pro protested. How many times do we protest? How many times? I, 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 was, I was thinking of a story in uh, high school, and this is a dangerous story. I have, two, I have two. The dangerous story is I went down, and this was a, I was on fire for God in high school for like a couple months, and then the rest I just, <laughs> the, rest, the, rest, the rest is another story. God changed me. God changed me. But I remember going down at the, into the cafeteria, and I could tell my, my faith was weak at this time. I was on fire, but I was immature. Because I went down, and, and I was like, God, I'm praying for opportunity today. And I remember God speaking to me, okay, go sit with that person. I'm like, that person? No, thank you. Jesus, no, thank you. People are going to see that. Side note, sometimes I allow people's perception of me to dictate what I do. It's Jesus that really matters. It's Jesus calling you out that really matters. Obeying him is what really matters. But I remember I protested and I actually didn't go and sit with that person. And it hurts me. Because who knows what, what that could have sparked. Who knows what that could have done. Now, again, on the way home, I prayed for opportunity. This was just in December, past month. And I was like, God, I just want to pray for opportunity to show your love today. To share your love today. And I walk into the Sault Ste. Marie airport, and right away I'm feeling good. So I walk up to someone, and I go, how are you doing today? They were actually reading, it was, it was a family, and one of, the, one of the little girls was reading a butterfly book. And I was like, that looks like a cool book. It was all about butterflies. And we, we ended up talking for a little bit, and then we both went up. I checked in. I went away. And that conversation um, developed into something, because she 
the parent came over or the aunt came over and she was like, Noah, we're in trouble. We can't get her on the plane. I need your help. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I'll help. I'll try. And so I walk over and I'm just hearing this conversation. And, and at this point, things aren't working out and, and the aunt is crying because she's trying to get her niece home for Christmas. They live all the way in Maine. I know, kind of far, right? They live all the way in Maine. And, and she's 13 years old, but her mom accidentally put her as an adult. And she, needs super, she needed supervision to get to the next flight. Just from, uh, just from, uh, yeah, just from Toronto to um, Quebec. And so uh, someone needed to put her on the next flight. And we went through this, and, and what I found out, why she was crying is because her dad had died unexpectedly three weeks before. And she just wanted to be home with family. And so we were calling the mom. I had a cell phone. She didn't, so she was using my phone. And we kept on going through the motions and trying to figure things out. And soon, it was 9.30, and I needed to board my flight, or else I was going to miss my flight. But I stayed. And, and what happened is, is we got together and we prayed. We said, God, we don't know what's in store for us but we trust you and we pray that you are going to get her home. And I don't know how he did it. <laughs> but it just happened. It, I don't know. They, they typed it in the computer like, don't worry about it. They looked at me and they said, you just take her to Quebec. Okay. I'll do it. I'll get it done. And they trusted me, but it was only through the, I, through the power of God. Because after that, we got on the flight, and the parents, or the mom called me. And she said, Noah, are you still there? I said, yes, I'm still here. She goes, I couldn't find a flight, because they were trying to get her to go the next morning. She's like, I couldn't find a flight for her. There are no more flights, and I don't know if she's going to make it home. Whew. I said, she's sitting right beside me. She's coming home today. And she goes, Noah, I don't think you understand. How is this possible? I said, Jesus, that's all I got. She goes, I was just praying. I was just praying about this. And I think this is so amazing, such an incredible story. Because that's when I chose to be obedient, like Ananias. But sometimes it's not always like that, like I said, the first story, where you're not sure. And like Ananias, this is something we can, we can start to get in our mind. We can be like, Paul, Paul of Tarsus, that man's going to kill me. That man killed my friend. That man's persecuted. I don't want to go to jail for this. And all these things come into his mind. But like Ananias, who is someone you discount? Who is someone you would deem could never, ever accomplish God's will? Who could never be transformed? Who could never amount to anything? Who could never make an impact? Who could never be an instrument of Jesus? Who do you think of when I say that? What goes through your mind? Is it a brother, a sister, a father? Is it a mother? Is it a boss? Not you. Just my friend. I believe you're good. <laughs> but who goes through your mind? Because that person needs Jesus just as much as you. 
It goes on. Is it, is it a boss? Is it a homeless man? Or is it a murderer? Because that's what Ananias had to deal with. Someone who he knew could kill him. Now bear with me for a second. Because what if? What if that bratty little kid is the next Martin Luther King Jr.? What if that boss, that horrible boss, is the next C.S. Lewis? What if that homeless man that you always see passing on the street is the next Billy Graham? Fill in the blank. What if the murderer that you think of is the next Paul of Tarsus? The man, one of the most influential Christians in early Christianity. Take that in. That Jesus could use anybody. But this is the vision. Oh, I almost did. This is the vision. This is the vision about seeking and saving the lost. This is God's passionate plan for redemption here in front of us this year. So I want you to catch this vision because God's plan is the best plan. And he wants us to go to the most worldly, the most broken, the most hurt, the agnostic, the atheist. And he wants us to target those people with love. To begin to pray for them, invite them out to things, to invite them to church. I, f- I feel like sometimes Christianity doesn't want to get dirty anymore. But I remember the example of Jesus, who would regularly be seen with people in, of sin, willingly be with them, to meet them where they're at. Because Jesus didn't come to seek and save the healed, he came to those who were hurting, who were broken, who were in need of a savior. He came for the self-righteous and the prideful, for the rich and the poor. He came for the lost. And until we take a position of availability, until we enter a posture of availability and praying that God is going to reveal in our hearts, like he did with Ananias, we will be okay with coming to church and doing the bare min. Just what's expected. But I pray that as we teach and lead this year, that we will take the forefront in reaching the city of Sault Ste. Marie. I believe it's a part of every believer's responsibility. And I know this vision isn't hype. Woo! But guess what? When you finally meet someone, and you walk them through their life, and you begin to hear their heart, and you begin to share about the beauty of Jesus, and you see a radical transformation, I'm telling you, bro. That's what's hype. And you need to experience that for yourself. You need to get out there because there are people who are wounded and hurt and are flying through their turbulent flights in need of some information that this too shall pass. That there is actually peace amidst this restlessness. The last piece A vision is the future vision. The past, the present, and now the future. The anticipatory future of what God has for you. Of what God has for this church. And when you begin to think and dream of this and and jot things down, I pray that you, you pray bold prayers. That you write down bold statements, dreams, visions even. Seek God on this. Be available for this. Because... I've written many things in my, in my journal over the past years, things that 
I see coming into fruition now. That God had instilled in my heart years before. That gets me excited when I read back and I said, I asked God for this and he gave it to me. Or I asked God for healing in this area and he healed me. It's amazing to walk in that. Vision is the bridge between present and the future. That's what vision is. Between present and the future. And one of the biggest things I want you to understand today is that you have a future. You have a future. It doesn't end here. We don't know what's in store for us in 2020. And there's some mystery behind it. There's some unknown. But I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to developing my faith. I wrote here because God has made a way. God has made a way for me. God has made a way for you. He knows your steps. He gives you strength when you are weak. He provides for your needs. He refreshes your soul. He anoints you with oil, with the Holy Spirit, for the task that he has given you specifically. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to stepping into that. And the future is a mysterious thing because we don't know what's ahead. We don't know what could happen or what could take place. But I have faith in the process. And I have faith in the promises of God. Something to stand on as you head into 2020. Now Paul's life was changed forever when he encountered Jesus. When he encountered Jesus. And once he realized this, he didn't just wait around. He didn't think, oh, well, I'll get to it in the future. No, right away he began to preach in the synagogues. He began to meet with other believers. And right away he was adopted into the family of Christ. And so we need to take action. There's a a part of vision where you do have goals jotted down. Where you do have things, necessary aspects or, or smaller goals to get to the larger vision. There are pieces of action that you need to take on this journey. But you're not alone. What you need to know is God is calling you, though. He's calling you. Not what you can do. He's calling you. He wants your heart. He wants you. That's important to him. That's what's most important to him. Having you. You are his son or his daughter. And he's calling us to walk humbly with him in this next year. But also to dream big. To see clearly. So claim this this year. Understand that God wants you, through his spirit, to see the greater things that are beyond. The greater things that you can accomplish with him. We must see that God's truth brings clarity of vision. So I'm very thankful that even in the midst of this, is just like Paul, I too had a radical transformation. And it's not always the same story for everybody else. But it's amazing when you submit and allow God to direct your path. And you do trust in his ways and in his promises. So I'm going to finish off with a prayer and then I want to thank you guys. God, thank you so much for the summit. Thank you so much for the people here. 
I pray that right now, Jesus, you are speaking to the hearts of everybody in this room. That you are instilling dreams and visions into these people. That you are placing a certain individual or a certain thing on on someone's mind. God, that something in this message or something that the Spirit spoke to them today would resonate with them. And that they would believe even the smallest of truth, God, if that's a start. That you love them and that they're already worthy. God, you are here in this place. And I pray that we walk in confidence with our head held high in 2020. Knowing that we might face trials, we might face difficulties, but we know who goes before us. We know who sustains us. We know who cares for our souls. And we know that through you, all things, God, are possible. And in your mighty, wonderful name, Jesus, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about today's message, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at thesummitcommunity.com. We hope that today's word guides you to living an elevated life like never before. And finally, if you want to stay up to date with what we are doing as a church family, contact us through our social media or our email list. We'd hate to see you miss out on being a part of an upcoming event with us at The Summit.